Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. And welcome to Cockfather. I'm Craig Rimmel, along with Dennis Cornelius. Something that Dennis and I have been working on for many years. There is a group of ex-soldiers that come from Serbia, Montenegro, and other Yugoslavian states, remnants of the Bosnian War who have sought unconventional ways to make use of their hardened skills. Interpol, which is the International Police Service, believes that the criminal network is made up of around 800 core participants they are an elaborate network of thieves across the globe. The gang is likened to a terrorist organization maintaining cells that can be activated to participate at a moment's notice involving, up to this date, billions of dollars in stolen art, jewelry, anything that's worth stealing, I guess, at that. And you and I have actually been looking at this really for the last 10 years. Yeah. Investigating it, researching it, finding out what's going on. I don't think there's anywhere near 800 of them. I don't know how 800 people in those former Yugoslav republics, especially when they come home back to the small town with hundreds of thousands of dollars, how you keep that secret. Because these guys are, if you remember all the, the, the news articles that we were tracking in 2010 and 11, they were, they were pulling off heists in Paris or in Zurich or Geneva and getting away with it clean, like millions and millions and millions of dollars and going back to war-torn places where a thousand U.S. dollars makes you king, let alone Mm -hmm. the millions that they've raked in. 800, no way. I think it's probably if maybe a hundred guys that, but they're very good. Remember that, that war took 10 years. Yeah. And there was no money left. There was no infrastructure. There was nothing. So they did the Robin Hood thing. They just started robbing from the rich. It's a great story. If anybody was going to make this film, it should be someone like Guy Ritchie. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm very surprised that it hasn't got to that. Like I said, it's one of the best kept secrets because they are Interpol's most wanted list. Two of the biggest conferences that Interpol's had in the last 10 years have been about catching these people. They are men and women that do it. Again, we'll talk about it later, my theory about how this actually worked. Because we actually, you know, looked at it, whether it was a film project, documentary, whatever. But uh, some of the things we found out fascinating about how they go about it. They, they're not really a violent organization. They try to do it uh, through stealth. They wear disguises. They will go on occasionally with firearms. But I don't think there's ever been a reported injury of any kind. It is kind of a Robin Hood. They do give a lot back 
or some back to the people back home in, in uh, the former Yugoslavia, but I don't know if it's that much. But it's such an organized group. Well, this isn't done by committee. I've always believed it's done by one person that's organized it over the years. And I think whether it's Interpol or anybody else, they've actually missed it because there's no other explanation as how why they're so successful. You know, there's only one CEO of a major corporation. And there's no doubt these people have been just very successful in how they go about it because of the planning behind it. When I was running the police union, I had people from that part of the world that would assist me when it came to security because they weren't corrupted by the system. I had these people, mainly Serbs, who I got to know quite well and who did some security for me. And that's pretty much how it started. There was a conversation one day that they were talking about this, and I didn't even know about these, this group, this gang, I guess. I had a neighbor whose uncle who was part of the art squad in uh, Scotland Yard. There is an art squad that they go around the world chasing these people who steal art, diamonds. I spoke to people from Interpol. I spoke to gangsters. And there was an admiration that I've never seen before, especially on the law enforcement side. Any officer, police officer or investigator I spoke to would do anything to catch and put these people away. But at the same time, there was a admiration how they went about it how organized they are. The scope of it is they're involved in billions of dollars of thefts over the years, but they think that truly that's that's not even the right number. It's much higher because what the group does a lot of times is they steal the art, especially, or even I know, I know of an incident in, in Tokyo where they took a, a diamond ring and replaced it with a duplicate. So there's a lot of these thefts that haven't even been reported yet because the owner, whether it's the rightful owner or somebody who had stolen the product in the first place for their own collection, don't even know that it's been stolen. And that, that's the most fascinating part of this whole thing that I found out. I think some of these rich art lovers also might be afraid of the answer. Maybe they're too afraid to check, do I have a fake? Do I have a duplicate? Or is this real? Because I think you're right. I think these guys get hired a lot of times to uh, like steal for hire. I want this piece. Bring it to me. There's a famous one I found out in Monaco of a theft of a Van Gogh. It probably happened, I've checked, and it's never been reported because it was stolen from a art collector who was a thief himself, and he had stolen it in the first place. I think the Panthers, well, I know this, they, they target victims like that. It's the perfect crime. You're stealing from something that's been stolen that you know that person is not going to call it in are not going to report it stolen because it was a stolen piece. In the, so they do do that. Yeah, A $30 million Van Gogh is going to go for maybe one or two million bucks on the market. They're not going to make the 30. It's a, the markdown because they're only dealing with one or two people that are going to want this. You can't display it anywhere. Poppy flowers, the Van Gogh, you, you can't display that anywhere. It's one of the most famous paintings out there. So that's for a private collector. But if it's stolen from a private collector who is a thief, and to this day, you know, things like that don't get reported because A, they don't notice it's gone or B, I can't report it because I stole it. That's the perfect crime. And that's what fascinates me about this whole thing. The timing of the story is, if you remember when we started really digging into it, the financial markets and the whole world economy was spiraling. Everything yeah. was crashing yeah, around 08, us. 08, so, That's when 08, this was 09. So people, either journalists and law enforcement, did not really care no. for this guy got a $30 million painting stolen when I'm losing my house. There was no appetite 
for catching them or empathy uh, for or sympathy for rich people that have been robbed. And the timing is, I believe, why it stayed under the radar. And they, they, were, they used it to their advantage. They kept stealing. Yeah, if we talk about some of the famous paintings that have been stolen, you know, there is a side of it to look at it where there's only paint and canvas. It really gives it who cares, right? So twice in the last 10 years, Interpol has collected 80 officers from 23 countries, and they've taken part in the Interpol operational working group meetings on the Pink Panther Project to pool together the latest intelligence on the international gang of jewel thieves. So they've done this twice. And it's obviously something that, you know, a, you know, a theft is a theft, and you just can't allow people to get away with it. But I had to sense when there was a grunge way of respecting these people from law enforcement, they just felt, I think, also that they were up against it. And these guys and these people that were doing the, the thefts are really good at what they do. So what are the opportunity? Plus, is, is they make sure they go around the world to do this because then you get really complicated on different laws, extradite somebody, you know, all that stuff. That's why they're doing it. They're not sticking to one place. They're going all over the place because it's even harder once you're arrested to get you back into a country where you've also done the uh, theft. Uh, do you remember, was it, it was the Panthers or Panthers related, the the girlfriend that came, I think it was in, in, in Northern Greece or in Athens, they broke the guy out of, the Serbian out of prison with a helicopter. Yeah, they It was did, like a mad escape and it, they turned it into a love story on the British newspapers on that weekend. This was several years ago. There is something romantic about this story because they don't try to kill. I, you're right. I don't, I don't remember anybody being shot. It's hammers and motorcycles. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, no. it's, right, it's a movie. Yeah. It's, it, and for my part, when I was looking at this, you know, researcher slash producer hat on compared to cop hat on, because depending on who I spoke to, I made sure the other side didn't know I was speaking to them over the years, especially the law enforcement side of it. But it was hard for any law enforcement to justify spending millions of dollars on trying to catch these people. And I think they've taken advantage of that. You know, if you're going to start a business up, an international business, do something like this because you might have one or two people that are really gung-ho to catch these people in a service of thousands of people. The rest of the cop are not going to give a shit about this. This is not going to affect them. As far as the one or two dedicated law enforcement or even super agents, you know, bro, there's only only been one Thomas Crown Affair movie and then yeah. the remake. You don't see a lot of those movies because I think insurance companies, these multinationals, is it victimless? I don't know. Do we pay more when the, these things happen? Yeah. So we, we do. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's the, the big side to this are the insurance companies. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you in search of deeper meaning in your life? Longing to manifest your true desires and unlock your full potential? Look no further than Portal Mystico podcast, your gateway to treasure trove of transformative tools, enlightening interviews, and enriching content. 
I'm your host, Elena Maggio, and it's my heartfelt desire to guide you on this extraordinary journey of self-discovery. And with every episode, I'm passionate about sharing and introducing you to new topics in self-development, metaphysics, astrology, the law of attraction, numerology, interviews that will eliminate your path and fuel your own personal growth. This podcast is your wellspring of inspiration dedicated to help you uncover your purpose with unwavering passion. Together, we'll dive deep into the fascinating topics and explore endless possibilities. Listen to Portal Mystico on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite platform. So if a Van Gogh is stolen, the insurance companies are going to make it clear that your insurance, your car insurance, some other insurance you have, it's going to go up because they have to pay out for the, the theft because people, the legitimate owners, like the art galleries, right, are going to put a claim in. And because of that claim, in the, and we're always talking tens of millions of dollars here, it, it's affecting all of our insurance. So that's the challenge here. Now, saying that, you're not going to notice that much of an insurance. <laughs> you're not going to notice it. It's so minuscule. But it's affecting tens of millions of people their insurance policies, whether it's your life insurance, your car insurance, whatever it is, it's affecting all of us, these thefts. So there is that side to it. It might affect five or six, 10 cents of your insurance policy overall. So there is that side of it. And I think that's why nobody's really taken this serious. Small part of the population that are going to be affected, but that they can't look at a painting anymore in a public forum, like an art gallery. My side to this was, was you, you said it, the, the romance side to this. It's intriguing. And the fact that Hollywood's never picked up on this, They're really not to where I thought it would have been by now. Back then, remember, we were looking around to see who, who was picking up on this story because there were you know magazine articles, feature articles. I remember reading between one of our, before one of our meetings with a character who seemed like half foot in, in that world and another half here in Canada. You remember him. But there was a, a, this great piece in The Economist or one of those British, you know, economic magazines saying, in Montenegro, you can buy a brand new or relatively new 911 mm-hmm. for $20,000, but you can't drive it out of Montenegro. Right. It'll have to stay in Montenegro. So a $100,000 car for twenty grand, brand new Porsche, but you can't take it out of the mountains of Montenegro because Interpol and the, by the Alps, they, I think they know they got to know who these people are. Oh, I, I think they know who some of them are, but I got to go back to, I, this just shows the organizational side of this. And this is stuff that we found out, different interviews. I believe this is a known fact, but we're just going to, now we have dozens of these examples of some of their thefts. And this one theft, which is in Monaco, or sorry, in, in the South Riviera, is something that Dennis and I put together. So we, we had a creative license on this, but it's pretty much 90% from what we found out, and it's just one example of how things work. So four Panthers arrive at Cafe Roma in the South Riviera city of Cannes, and they, they approach the area from different directions. They always believe they're being watched. They always do counter-surveillance. They sit down at the same table and look at a menu. One of the Panthers looks at the appetizers and sees the fifth appetizer down, which is escargot, for 3.95 euros. The Panther gets up and walks away, leaving the other three Panthers at the cafe. He walks to 3.95, Rue Jean Giraud, 
the hotel Amtrak and enters it. He goes to the fifth floor, room six. He enters the unlocked room and goes to the closet safe and punches in his numbers 556. He finds a bundle of euros in cash with a note attached to the cash in the safe. He removes the cash and places a leather pouch full of diamonds from their last heist in the safe, closes the safe and locks it. On his way back to the cafe, he looks at the note, which reads 221515 Mandela Fontaine. And take a note here. They use the codes, same numbers on anything they do. The Serbs gained independence in June 5, 2006. This explains why they use the fives and sixes to communicate with themselves or the person that's running the show. The mafia triads, other organizations, organized crime units, don't go that far in how they go about business. They're very good at watching themselves, make sure they're not being watched. Because they know, you anticipate, if you go through your life thinking you're being watched 24-7, you get very good at making sure you don't get caught. Or a really heavy dose of paranoia and mental. No, I, I, I didn't <laughs> cut that. I mean, I think it would be for us. Yeah. And you have to remember where the background where the, these people come from. You know, the, the war over there in Yugoslavia was terrible. I mean, it was beyond. They're still uh, prosecuting people in The Hague over that war. Yes, uh, the, the, the few wars from 91 to 99. If you just on a, on a side note, if you remember when we were out in LA, I did take you to the Getty Museum. We did go into an art gallery there in Malibu and we walked around whispering to each other, trying to figure out if we were the Panthers, how would we rob this place and jet out to the Pacific Coast Highway and back to Burbank? We were scouting out the place and I said, if they're watching us with good cameras, oh, we yeah. look like two guys on a Sunday morning figuring out how to rob this stuff. And we, I was giggling, and it was so obvious uh, that we were scouting. No, we went big to the Getty. Guys well, scouting out the Getty Museum to rob it. <laughs> and we went out for two reasons. We want to do it. We want to do a story about it. You know, let's just see what is possible. I think we realized how easy it could be. <laughs> like, I think the temptation. No, we better go for a quick coffee right now because I'm getting. This is pretty easy. There's no security. I know there's cameras. It's out in the open. Half of it's out in the open space. And it was uh, under, construction. under construction. There were fires. I mean, there was a way to do this and and and, and screw the film project. We've actually got the art. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but you do remember was, that that morning. I said we we should leave right now before we do something really stupid here because we realized Jesus, this this stuff is it's like picking candy from the bulk bulk nation store. Yeah. I mean, it was like Okay, I totally get it now. This is an example. This was a Getty Museum. Yeah. And it was like, okay, there's something wrong here, right? So you, you know I remember that because the 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 film, the Christopher Plummer film yes. was uh, Ridley Scott directed, was on. Good, and, good movie. Excellent good movie. movie. And it, it, they show a model of the Getty Villa and the yeah. recreation of the Grecian Greco-Roman garden. And he smashes it at one point. And I remember going, and I took so many pictures that day, but I, I thought to myself, we were there doing research on the Panthers, looking at exits, looking for cameras, this and that. I go, if we went back and asked for that, the surveillance camera, it looks like these two big dummies are going from display to display and looking at the exit. How could we go? We're, like, it was so obvious we were scoping out the place and we would have had to answer a couple of questions. <laughs> Maybe now that we've said it on the air, oh. they are going to come back and ask us questions. Yeah. So I'll give you an example of what we found out, one of the thefts, and, and obviously uh, 
Dennis and I use our creative control on this. I, I call it the Hollywood spin. So Panther gets the note for 221515 Mondela Fontaine. So what that is, is they use the numbers. They target numbers that they, the, the, the fives and, and the twos and all that. And what it was was 221515 Mondela Fontaine is actually 22 de la Fontaine Suite 1515 in Monaco. And that was for their next target or their next heist. And, and, and as we understand, then they would do the research on that. The target was the Van Gogh poppy flowers. And the idea was they were going to replace it with a complete duplicate. And the target was easy in this condo. The target was a, an Egyptian art dealer, as it turns out, who had this Van Gogh painting stolen for his own private collection in the meantime. So as I was given the story, they had, they had getaway cars, they had getaway drivers. On this one, they used an Audi A8. And at the time back when this happened, that was the car. From was, Ronin. They, they used it in Ronin, same yeah. car, right? And incredibly powerful car at the time. We're talking 10 or 12 years ago. Four-door sedan. So the driver takes them up. The three Panthers get out. They get to the roof of the building. It's a 19-story building. And it's, it was explained to me, because there's a little bit of comedy side to this also. The two Panthers scale down the wall to the condo in question that they're going to break in and they have a rolled up fake van gogh poppy flowers that's what the painting's called while they're doing this on the roof they hear police sirens coming and going pretty much on a regular basis and they just take a chance and say that's obviously the, the they can hear the sirens coming toward them and then the sirens are going away so that they didn't feel it was for them so they went and committed the theft they got in took the original van gogh and replaced it with a forgery and again, this is from an art dealer who's a thief himself. And so they go back up and they work their way back down to where the waiting Audi was supposed to be. And there's no Audi. The Audi's gone. The driver of the Audi, as I've been told, is some guy they call Jubba. Jubba is one of the greatest car drivers, but he's also 350 pounds. Don't even know if he's alive today. So they, there's no Audi. So the three of them, with the stolen piece of art, are waiting and this is 1 o'clock in the morning. Monaco, anybody's been there? Very, very small, tight. They hear the sirens coming toward them, and they see Jabba in the Audi. And from a distance, they can see the two police cars, Monaco police cars. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Chris Hahn, the Aggressive Progressive. Check out a new episode of the Aggressive Progressive podcast every Tuesday. You know, the election is heating up. Just as the year is winding down, stick with me. I'll tell you the truth as I see it. Download the Aggressive Progressive on Pandora or wherever you get your podcasts. They get, they see Jubba gets in. As they're driving away, speeding away, they say, like, what the hell happened? And he says, listen, as soon as I dropped you guys off, some cop came up, no parking, blah, blah, blah. I panicked. I took off. And they've been chasing me because I kept coming back to see if you guys are ready to pick you up. And then I didn't see you, so I took off and came back again. And this went on for 15 minutes. At the same time, there's a chase going on, and they end up losing the police around a small area called Ez France, E-Z-E, 
small village in in that district. So they lost it, got away with it. It was almost, forget the car chase, was almost a perfect crime that the fact that they were able to get away with it. And there are hundreds, hundreds of these examples out there, how far they went, how much it was organized, how much detail. So this is an underground economy issue also. If someone thinks that they've got $100 million in art in their house, but it's really a fake, the real stuff is going to even, what, more sophisticated or richer clientele. Like, where does it stop? Because it's been going on now for 12, 13 years, and no, not even a dent. I think two or three people have been arrested in a, in a decade. So I, I just don't see the will or the stomach for anyone ever putting these guys out of business. I don't think they're, well, I, I think they're too successful. And because of the victims and what the victims are, I don't think it's a priority in society. But also, I think that if I had a very expensive piece of art, I would have an expert come in and start checking to make sure that this thing's authentic. I think that has been going on. Listen, this story has has leaked out quite a bit. There is an incredible, I don't know if we're going to download this, there's an incredible video. Oh, the, the shopping mall in the Middle East? Yeah, just to give you an example. So there was a, uh, there's a mall in, in Dubai called the Wafi. So... The Wafi Mall robbery, there's two Audis, and they smash through, and they actually are backing into through the door so they don't damage the engine so they can get away. And they smash into the front of this jewelry store, get in. It's all over in 20 seconds. They take out close to $30 million in diamonds, get back in the cars, and take off. Never been caught. It is the slickest thing. It looks like it's staged. And it was, but it looked like a movie. It happens like you looked like a movie. It looked like someone set up that that scene. The planning, the execution was military. It was a military Even operation. Even to know to drive in reverse the whole time. Instead of smashing your, your engine that's yeah, gonna you know, reverse through the front door. Yeah. Because it's only the trunk. Even doing that. They did a job in, in Zurich, Switzerland, where they were hitting a place and there was a public park across the street. They put a, a wet paint sign on the seats so that people couldn't sit there and witness what they're doing. They did this thing at noon hour. Big, big theft. It's things like that that makes me think it's almost like a novelist is putting these capers a script together. Writer. I've always a thought A scriptwriter. Yeah. Is someone making this shit? You can't make this shit up, but someone is creating it, laying, this is the blueprint, here's the plan, like wet paint signs. The other thing, I believe we might have rewrote this from an actual story, but they did a huge thing uh, in a black tie affair where everybody's dressed the same. Yes. Right? To get away. In Paris. In, in Paris. Paris. Yes. So, you know, it's fascinating. It's worth a second look now because things, you know, will come out of the pandemic and people might have a stomach again for more of that entertainment. But do I think that these guys are ever going to be brought to justice? No. No. You know, and we don't want to get full disclosure and everything because I, I feel like I found out exactly what was going on here. There's a Switzerland connection here. I believe there is a, they're called the Pink Panthers, which was given to them by the media in London during one of their, I think it was their first heist. But I've always thought there is a panther. There's one person that runs the whole thing. And I feel like, yes, I feel comfortable enough. I'm not going to get into it right now. That's for this story down the road. But uh, I feel there is one Panther that organizes the whole thing. There's too big a job. It's too successful. 
There has to be a CEO of this organization. I feel like I found that out. And because, like you said, I wanted to talk about this because, you know, the pandemic's over. Things are opening up again. Uh, it's an incredible story. The amount of research we've done on this, yeah. I don't think anybody else has done this much. we got a really special story here, and I thought, let's just talk about it, see, uh, just to refresh our memories on this. Yeah. Yeah, those are good times. Uh, remind me, and maybe we'll put a couple of pictures up, Maddie. I do have pictures of bro in front of priceless artifacts at the Getty on a Sunday morning. Yeah. A nice short sleeve shirt. He's very leisurely. He's wearing the Skechers. I have proof of the stuff we were planning on stealing. And I will send you those JPEGs yeah, today. Okay. If you ever, <laughs> you got to get to the Getty Museum. I was in, I was like blown away with this thing. But it was, it, and half it's all the open. You're in the garden. And, and just a, a footnote to that Hollywood story with the, the Getty Museum. We left, we were kind of patting ourselves on the back that we could pull it off if we wanted. <laughs> but instead, we went down the Pacific Coast Highway. We stopped at the Golden Bull, old school 1950s restaurant in LA. And we went and had a steak frites. And it's an old steakhouse. Steak, old steakhouse. Been around since the 40s. Since the 40s. And it was owned by the Donald's, uh, the mother in Leave It to Beaver. Yes. Her family owned a whole slew of restaurants all over Los Angeles, and we were, we went. And there's a great picture of you with the big sign, the Golden Bull, before we went in. So I'll, I'll send you those photos. They're good. Yeah, you got to send the ones with the Getty. Yeah, um, the Getty with the possible Because it was iced. like, yeah. we, we, we should leave right now before we do something really. Because it was like, like I said, go to Bulk Nation, put your hand in a jar, take out some gum or candy, and then walking out the store. It was and that easy. We we left actually as the, you know there was a tour guide speaking about how Getty got them this and that, and she finished this big rant. And I said, "You left out the part that he was a billionaire and the stuff he bought from poor war torn Greek peasants yeah. for a dime each, and now they're priceless. Like he raped the place after the war. Did you bring that up?" She goes, "Excuse me, sir." I go, "And bro goes, all right, we better go now. Now we're now we're insulting them yeah. and we're trying to rob them." <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm glad we talked about this because, it, and we had good memories doing that. I mean, this yeah, is, we had fun. fun doing this because we talked to some characters yeah. also. I was like, okay, this the is The Serbs are colorful people. They're, they're colorful. Oh, they're, but they're loyal too. Yeah, they're I got, loyal. I'm lucky. I got lucky. They're very loyal to me. Some big lads. And, uh, <laughs> okay, you know, you know, you take what, you know, what they tell you and you, you believe them. But it, it, it really forced us into we got to look into this yeah absolutely you know we're sitting around the campfire and they're telling us these stories and it's like phantom ghost stories and we thought ah we better look at it and we didn't we put some things together through our interviews i think we're going to get back into this take a look listen uh thanks everybody go to info at copfather.com anything else you want us to talk about thanks Dennis. great memories thanks man. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 